0: We're back with vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. And doctor, there's been a lot of questions being asked about the vaccine alliance COVAX, the organization dedicated, amongst other things, to ensuring vaccine equity and whether or not it's meeting its goals, Dr. Gorfinkel.
1: Yeah, I have serious concerns about that. So turn the clock back to October 31st. That's right. Halloween 2020. And what was Trudeau's, what I call the trick-or-treat promise? They promised to give 200 million doses to COVAX by the end of 2022. So where are we so far? Well, we've given 15 million doses so far. And guess what they're made up of? Well, half are AstraZeneca, which has zero efficacy against Omicron and lesser efficacy against previous variants than, say, Pfizer or Moderna had. So yes, we're giving away our rejected vaccines, and many of the vaccines, we're not quite sure how many, but enough of them are close to expiry date, and that's a serious problem. So Moderna, well, that's got a shelf life of about nine months, so the clock starts ticking as soon as we receive them. Pfizer's only good for about 12 months, so we have to decide essentially in advance that these are vaccines that are earmarked to give away to lower-income countries. And if you take a look, have we have we earned the right to call ourselves a vaccine hoarder country? I think we have. You know, with a well over four out of five Canadians vaccinated fully in poor countries, that number is one in seven that has received just one dose. So that's a pretty serious problem. And if you're not crying yet, understand that Canada has actually wasted. That's right, trashed one and a half million vaccines so far since January, and those are the ones we know about. And some provinces are now saying up to one in five shots wind up in the garbage. So we've got a pretty serious problem on our hands.
0: All right. So obviously we as a country, Canada, we can be doing more here then, because we all remember the beginning of the pandemic and when the vaccines arrived, there was a real scramble to get us uh, vaccines. But uh, to your point, we are now flush, flush with vaccines, and Canada can be doing more when it comes to vaccine equity.
1: Absolutely. We are sitting, literally sitting in our refrigerators and freezers across the country. There are 17 million doses. And how many are we giving out each day? A paltry 40,000. You know, so I ask you, what does that mean in terms of wastage? Remember, these have limited shelf life, less than a year. We've got to get it into arms. And if we know that we're not, and I think at this point we can take some of those vaccines that still have reasonable times left on them and ship them to COVAX, give them to other countries, because I know I'm repeating myself. I just can't help it. More cases worldwide will mean more variants.
0: Well, this is exactly it. I was going to ask you uh, just to sum this up, the importance of vaccine equity, uh, besides being just the right thing to do, it really is uh, the way we're going to bring this uh, pandemic truly to an end.
1: Absolutely. This isn't just about spreading it to people. The globe is a village, but it's also other species. We touched on that on another column, I believe. But, you know, the more species that have, the wider the reservoir is. And that's setting the stage for the next pandemic. So we do, in order to put an end to it, a true end to it, not a wannabe end to it, a true end, we have to be sure to vaccinate the global village.
0: All right. Meantime, in the U.S., uh, they have authorized a booster, a booster shot for children as young as five. The uh, FDA has uh, authorized this. Uh, What more can you tell us about this move south of the border?
1: Yeah. So they're giving, though, kids over five will be offered a third dose five months after dose two. Now, they're trying to work out exactly who, what, when, where. But the FDA has given approval for a Pfizer dose. That's true. Kids do not tend to get hospitalized, and a huge percentage of them have already had natural infection. And we know that even with no doses and natural infection, that's probably pretty reasonable protection for a child. We don't know how long it's going to last. Unfortunately, we learned from data out of New York that kids with two doses have zero benefit in terms of protection from Omicron. And so Pfizer has come, come up with some data showing that a strong antibody response comes out of that booster shot. You know, but how much benefit we're really going to have is questionable. If you look at the Canadian landscape, some two out of five children, five in, between five and 11, have had two doses. So I'm not quite sure how many parents at this point are going to be willing to step up for a third dose in preparation for the next wave that's expected to happen sometime in the fall.
0: All right. And uh, finally this week, we want to cover with you, Dr. Gorfinkel, uh, World Hypertension Day. And we want to talk a bit about uh, hypertension and its effects.
1: Yeah. So what is high blood pressure? It's a pressure that's consistently over 140, over 90. You know, so uh, home monitoring should be a significant part of how we're managing this. Up to one in five people have what's called white coat hypertension. You know, you go to a doctor's office, you wait in the waiting room, they check it, and what do you know It's high? But a recent study showed that even people with white coat hypertension are more than twice as likely to die from heart disease or a stroke. So even the so-called white coat hypertension need to be cautious with that. But high blood pressure is, in fact, the world's leading cause of preventable death and disability. And why is that? Because it's a major risk factor heart attack, stroke, kidney disease, and even dementia. I like to tell patients, never underestimate the power of exercise. It's interesting. When we exercise, not only does the heart beat harder and faster, but the arteries themselves have mu- a muscle wall in it that is exercising in response to that added blood supply coming through them. So what winds up happening is you get more supple arteries and that in turn lowers blood pressure as does a somewhat lower salt diet, reducing the amount of processed and ultra processed foods and going for those veggies, the Mediterranean diet with fish and grains and olives and all that good stuff. And of course, sleep plays a critical role in keeping blood pressure down as well.
0: All right. You, you know, are you with me on this? When it comes to uh, exercise, the worst part of exercise is planning it or thinking about uh, doing it. Once you're there and you've actually are in the midst of exercise and afterwards, you
1: feel fantastic. <laughs> you know, what's interesting. I would tell people the hardest part is getting your shoes on. But I think there's, a, there's an added part to this. And the research has been done on when we have choice. Is choice always a good thing? If we remove choice out of the equation and make it a given, I am sorry, my soul is not for sale. I am doing this on a daily basis. I'm doing it and I'm not questioning it myself. I'm not giving my option, myself the option to say, I'll do it not today, but sometime in the future. I'm doing it every day without question. What would happen is all-cause mortality goes down. We run, literally run, toward the light. At whatever level we are, you know, you hear, oh, you got to do 10,000 steps a day, 8,000. Forget that. You just do what you can do. Mm -hmm. You know, aim for 20 minutes of what you can do. And you are exercising those arteries and reducing that blood pressure.
0: All right. Exercise, proper diet, uh, sleep goes without saying. It helps in so many areas, including controlling hypertension, hypertension day, awareness day. Dr. Gorfinkel, really appreciate this as always. Thank you so much uh, for this and have a good long weekend.
1: All the best
0: to you. Thank you. Dr. Iris Gorfickel. stay with us.
1: Hi, it's Shauna, and I
0: might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone like Andy's kid (laughs) for stories and confessions like this. Make sure you check out our podcast.
1: It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.